Well, welcome again. Good to have you in the Lord's house this morning. And we continue our series on victorious living. And we are in Ephesians 5, 1 through 20, and we're looking at playing with passion. Paul writes this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruits of deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and by everything that is illumined becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, we continue our series on victorious living in the book of Ephesians, and this morning we're looking at playing with passion. Play with passion. I don't know if you have moments in your life where your passion is reinstilled and reinvigorated in a way that is, is kind of life-changing along the way of life. Uh, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, I was out at a national conference in oh, Seattle, Washington. Beautiful city, by the way. And it was a great national conference. I was uh, very honored to receive the Chaplain of the Year Award there, and that was a, it was a great moment for me. And then... Uh, all the things that were going on. And then also I decided that I was going to do a spiritual retreat to Mount Rainier, which is out there, which is beautiful, one of the most beautiful mountains in all of the country, really, in all of the world. And so um, I set out and I had to walk to get to the Enterprise car dealer and get my Starbucks coffee and sort of got the long ways there. It was hotter than I realized. I got there, it was kind of sweaty, and I walked into the lot a few minutes late and uh, the guy comes out to me. And I said who I was, and he said, would you like a free upgrade to a Porsche? <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> and he said, would you like a free upgrade to a Porsche? And I said, did you say free and Porsche? He said, yeah, what could go wrong with that? I said, nothing, I'm in. So I thought to myself, you know, 
Corolla or Carrera? Corolla or Carrera? That's a hard choice, isn't it? So I went with the Porsche, and it was, it was free, no ex additional charges. So, uh, man, so much better than a Corolla. And I set out on this beautiful drive. And it also turned out that the, the uh, highway was closed for part of it. So uh, with part of it closed, I had to take the secondary road, okay? And uh, you know how awful that can be on the way to Mount Rainier. So all these beautiful secondary roads along the way and uh, just beautiful scenery. And it was so uplifting. I got a chance to, to hike up in the mountains and just to enjoy that. It was just uplifting. And I think when we think about that, we think about our own lives and how they're instilled and invigorating and how do we restore the passion to our lives. And I think with that as a backdrop to walk back into the scripture this morning. And Paul gives us this picture of sort of two pathways. And one is the pathway towards maybe losing your passion to life, and the other is to discovering the passion of life. And the first thing is that Paul says to get rid of those things that are passion stealers, right? Now, we've been talking about looking at the book of Ephesians, remember, with uh, that kind of a backdrop that everybody needs uh, a purpose. We need a picture, we need a plan, and we all need a part to play, and the power to live that out. And we said that God's purpose is to reconcile all of humanity, to us individually, and then all those around us. And uh, sort of the idea of the cross, the vertical reconciliation with God and horizontal reconciliation with those around us. And then uh, sort of the picture of all that, Paul gave us, gave us three great pictures. One was a bridge from far to near, being reconciled as children. One was a family, that we are a family of faith. And the third was a foundation. There were a living cathedral being built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about having a part to play, that we all have gifts and talents. And we learned to discover our part in all of that and uh, to use our gifts and talents both inside God's house and outside God's house. And all of us have gifts and talents. And then we talked about having three kinds of mindsets in using that, which is unity, that we are to be one in Christ, uh, not to be envious of other people's gifts and talents, but to use our own and to work together as a team. So uh, unity, and then service, this idea of serving others, and then maturity. And maturity is you're not envious of other people's gifts. You use your own gifts and talents, and you work together for the purpose of Christ. And that brings us working together with all of that. And in this moment, Paul is talking about having our passion, right, to play with passion. And Paul is saying that there are some things in life that are passion stealers. And you know that, right? Uh, for my own life, <laughs> after that mountaintop moment, I got, back, I got on the red-eye flight, at midnight in Seattle on a 100% capacity plane and uh, flew with no sleep. I can't sleep, you know, I was in the middle seat, of course, too. And uh, all the way to Houston and then to Indianapolis, no sleep, and then, um, and then came back home and the air conditioner was broke. <laughs> How many are used to air conditioning by now? It was, it was like 87 to 9 degrees inside of our house, so I couldn't sleep then. And then, of course, I got uh, horribly sick from all that. Talk about a passion stealer. And, uh, but there's other things around our world too, right? And I was reading this thing on energy, and uh, you can up your energy by more fluids and by your posture, all kinds of things. But Paul is saying spiritually, spiritually, there are some things that take away our passion. And what are those things? Well, one thing is unfaithfulness in relationships. 
A lot in the culture today would tell you that if you're unfaithfulness, you know, that's an energy booster. But it's not. Paul's saying if you're unfaithful in your relationship, it's going to take the passion out of you. He said that's like walking in darkness. That's like the old self. Get rid of that. He says that greed and, and uh, being untrue in other relationships, this again is a passion stealer in your life. All kinds of impurity. And so there's much in the culture around us that would distract us and say, you know, this is where life is. It's like a shiny object or something. And, and Paul is saying, no, that's going to take away your passion for the Lord and the real energy that you need for the relationships that are vital in life to be true to those relationships. Paul says, live as dearly beloved children of God. Live in the light. Get rid of the darkness. Live as children of God. And so in our own lives, what are the things that are stealing our passion away. There's sort of, if you will, if you've been out camping sometimes and, uh, and, and you watch and the embers slowly burn down and it's as if they sort of, they crumble, they kind of dissipate, right? And as it dissipates, what happens to the flame? It goes down, right? And so Paul is saying, what do you do to reignite that? Well, you get rid of the, the dross, the things that are taking away from the fire, and then you reestablish the fire. You bring those things together. So Paul is saying, get rid of those things that just are part of the darkness of humanity around you. And then he says to reignite the passion of your life. How do you do that? In these mountaintop moments, Paul is saying that we walk as children of God. We walk in the light, even as God is in the light through the power of the Holy Spirit. Where there is a need for forgiveness, then we find God's forgiveness. Where there's a need to work out our relationships with others, then we work out those relationships with others. And as we are restored in our passion and the sort of fire of faith, if you will, then we find that we can play our part with passion. Not envious of other people's gifts, using our own gifts and talents, developing those, and as a family of faith, as, uh, as children of God together, we work together to reignite and to re-fire up our faith. Jesus, when asked what the greatest command was, responded how? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. That kind of positive passion in your life, using gifts and talents for the glory of God and for the gifts to humanity, serving God, is the secret to, to life. So how are you playing with passion? I hate to say it, but on the football field, you know, you need passion too, right? Everybody needs, you know your part, right? You practice your part, but sometimes in the fourth quarter, in the last five minutes, you lose your passion, okay? And things happen, <laughs> just saying, uh, that you need that passion to get you through those dry spells. So you can see it all over, not just an hour of field, and I know the team play great in lots of ways, but you need that kind of passion, and everybody needs the passion to play their part and then play together as a, as a team. And sometimes when we think about faith, it's like when it comes to sports and music, it's okay to have passion in our world. You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, in sports, people, I mean, once again, had their shirts off, spelling things, go boilers and all that. And I cheer that on. I think it's so great that they're passionate.
passionate, but it's, you know, and people are crazy. No one complained about no air conditioning at the stadium, by the way. I, did I miss that, right? No, no air conditioning at the stadium. My daughter said, well, Dad, of course, you know. Uh, and so that's fine. And then you go to a concert outside in the heat, whatever. And once again, you can go crazy. And I celebrate all those things. But when you come to church, it's like, okay, dumb it down, right? No. Paul would say, instill your passion in what you're doing. And the music and life, you know, you can say amen. It's fine. You can applaud. It's good. All right? Got to be applause in heaven. It's going to be fine. Just sort of stilted, right? So instill that passion away. There is an evangelist by the name of Billy Sunday. And uh, he was an African-American baseball player, very famous in the day. Became a Christian, and he was an evangelist. We'd go out, and one of the things he used to do is he was coming on, is he used to slide into in here like it was sliding into home base, and people used to cheer and love that sort of thing. Now, you need the content too, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is this morning, if your faith is flagging in passion, maybe what you need to do is put aside some of the things that are taking away from your faith, taking away from the passion and the vitality that is there, and then reinstill the fire of your faith. And Paul would say there's a number of things to do that. One is to contend worship with the right attitude, of course, so important, to pray, to read your Bible regularly, to worship the Lord, and to have the positive attitude. And listen to what Paul says. He says this, people say, well, what's the will of the Lord? Well, Paul makes it really clear. He said, make the most of every opportunity, right? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. We know that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, with the kind of passion that comes from the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, friends, when you have a positive attitude, and you have passion, and you know what your part to play is, you're on fire. It's just that simple. When everyone does that, then the church is on fire, and the church is a light to the world. But when there's conflict and negative kinds of attitudes and kinds of things, that just takes the fire away. So what do you need to do today? Get rid of the passion stealers, the joy stealers in your life, and to reignite the passion of faith that God would have you so you can play the part that God has for you, and we can play together as a team, as one. One faith, one Lord, one Baptist, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Paul would double down on it and triple down on that. Blaise Pascal, one of the greatest thinkers of all times, really, in philosophy and mathematics, wrote the Pensees, which is sort of poetry and philosophy all mixed together. And when he was just 39 years old, passed away. And at one point in his life, he later in life, middle of his life there, became a Christian. It was a powerful moment, and he spoke out about that. But he passed away at the 39. And as his sister was preparing him, as people were coming to prepare his body, they found that the shirt that he always wore, the jacket that he wore, that had a lump in the, in the pocket next to his heart. And so they found that it was stitched. And in that stitching, as they unstitched it, they found there was a single piece of paper. Uh, on that single piece of paper was a date. 
uh, which is November in the 1600s, and said from 12.30 to 2.30 in one word, fire. And it was a time in his life where he prayed and sort of prayed through, if you will. And God came to his life in such an incredible way uh, that the fire of his faith became so important to him that he wanted to keep that piece of paper next to his heart, that every single day he could put his hand on his heart and know that God had touched him in his way, in that way, and to stay true to that fire, to stay true to that fire, no matter how long he lived or how short he lived in life. Today, where are you? And get rid of the things that are helpful in faith and life and the things that really help you double down. You're doing all you can with that. I'm going to close with this thought. And a Native American young man came to his grandfather, a Native American, one day. And he said, Grandpa, I feel like there's two forces warring within me. I feel like there's um, a wolf and a dove. And the grandfather will say more about that. He said, well, I feel like there's a, a wolf that would have me do bad things, things that I know that aren't right. And then I feel like there's this dove that's lights on my shoulder, and the dove is bidding me to do the right things. Instead, it just feels like a, a war, it's like a war so often. And I want to know who's going to win as a young teenager. And the grandfather thought for a moment and wisely said, whether it's the wolf or the dove that wins, it will be the one that you feed the most. The one that you feed the most. And I think that's true of all of our lives. We have the wolf of maybe the culture that is around us or things that would distract us, uh, the impure things of life. And then we have the dove of the Holy Spirit that's there tapping on our shoulder in a gentle, loving way, bidding us to follow the way of the Spirit, even as Jesus did, and to fill our hearts and minds anew. And you and I can stop feeding the one and start feeding the other through prayer, Bible reading, and worship, and allow the Holy Spirit to infill our lives and restore the passion of our faith and the passion of our life as we discover the things in life, our place in the purpose and the passion and alignment of all those kinds of things, and truly discover the joy and passion of faith and life. Amen? Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your way and your word. The words of Paul the Apostle bidding us to push aside the negative things of life and the word and the mindsets and to put on the things of life and of love, a positive attitude, a heart for you as we follow you each and every day, as we worship you and read your word and all that we do. And we pray that you help us through the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen.